All right, let's get started. Uh, so, uh, hi guys, welcome to the How Do You Health podcast. It is Friday morning, our favorite time of the day, of the week. Um, we are here with Rachel Muskies. She is a healthpreneur, wellnesspreneur, and Ayurvedic chef. And, uh, man, I think we've been friends for quite a while some now, because we've been talking about shooting podcasts for a while. Yeah. And uh, uh, so I'm excited to have a conversation with you because we love Ayurvedic uh everything like you name it right uh and uh we of course we have nurse doza so we're gonna be talking about nutrition as well because this is that's the subject today and i like to cook as well so uh we're gonna be doing in that she's getting an iv uh i'm excited to find out what's in it because i know you wanted to keep it very clean and liver detoxy so uh the 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 van that's down there or the the, the toyota is that yours yeah, with okay, the top 10. Yeah, so I, I parked next to you. <laughs> nice. And so when I pulled up, I was like, that's badass because the thing on the top pops up, right? Yeah. And I was like, that's such a great idea because it's a flat top, mm-hmm. right? So you have a flat area to always sleep. And so I was thinking immediately weather. So when we were in Colorado at that spot, I was just we're telling you about, <clears throat> we saw every kind of weather, like every single kind of weather. We saw uh, wind, we saw rain, we, we got to the summit and it was snow. Like the little, like a, snow, like a blizzard came in and like everything just disappeared. And we're like, okay. And then at the very end, we got hail. We got hail. Yeah. And then when we got to the bottom. It, it started cold. raining. It was cold and raining. Was it a 14er? Yeah. 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 yeah it's Dope. cool. It's, it's really cool. You should, I'm telling yeah. you, it's like, it's perfect. I'll take it's it like, out. Yeah. Yeah. And so they have like, I don't know, like 14 different spots that you can go like, just be there. And I guess you can kind of just do this for a while, yeah. which is nice. And um, <clears throat> whenever I've gone with him in the past couple of times, the time before was at Big Ben. And the Big Ben one was after a snowstorm. And the snowstorm taught me self-sustainability was like the most important thing mm-hmm. in my life. And it was interesting because health has been like a non-negotiable in our lives. Like yeah. for the past, I don't know, I can remember now, 10 years, at least 12 years. Like, you know, I learned about it in college, but I didn't apply it, you know, kind of stuff. You know, Ayurvedic medicine is probably one of the tools you do. Yeah. Right? Like, I think that's how you kind of look at it. So really like, how would you describe your application of health? Um, I really love using the term radical self-reliance. Um, <laughs> and that is something that <clears throat> has come up a lot for me, like you were talking about the self-sufficiency. Yeah. And I think Ayurveda was really the first entry point into which I could fully trust my skills and my ability to take care of myself. Um, When I first started learning about Ayurveda, um, I knew that something was off, but I like didn't even know how to like read my own body. Like um, I was experiencing inflammation and hormone imbalance and um, mental health like challenges. And I just, I didn't realize that all those things were like you know, oh, hey, what you're eating and what you're doing is not aligned. And so for me, yeah, Ayurveda is, um, is that pathway to like coming home into your body and like not needing any sort of, I mean, you don't even need a book, like you can like listen to, Mm -hmm. to your body and, and trust it. And once you start seeing the patterns and understanding it, um, yeah, that's, that's what Ayurveda is to me is like that first, that first line into self-sustaining. When you first learned about what, how, what, how, what year was it? Uh, let's see. I mean, it's probably been like eight years or something. So yeah, like probably in 2000, I have no idea what time is. Um, <laughs> it's nonlinear, right? Okay. Yeah. 2016, 2015, maybe. Okay. So for a while now we've been studying health and, and you said it was, it was beautiful. It was like it was an opening, 
right? So like you're still a student. Oh right. yeah, for for my life. Because the the cool thing now is application time, right? Like it's practical. Yeah. So now what's what's cool about it is Ayurvedic is probably way more than just yourself. It's bigger than that, mm-hmm. right? Like it's a connection to the universe around you, and you take in like medicinal components of what your environment has provided you. Yeah. Right. And I think that's the, that's the fascinating thing about it. And so tell us a little bit more about like how you would apply it like in, in an everyday setting. So recently, like a couple weeks ago, I was feeling just super off. I was, my adrenals were shot. I'm like crazy, like up and down moments of just like mood shifts. And I was about to start leading. um, I do, I lead seasonal kitchery cleanses and I was feeling so much resistance and was like, how can I do this when I feel off? And I'm going through a lot of changes right now in my life. I'm about to move into a van. I'm uh, like leaving Austin for an indefinite amount of time. You know, there's like so much stuff. So the stress just really started weighing on me. And as I was like, kind of like, you know, figuring out how am I going to lead this program while I feel so off, I'm like, oh, the medicine we offer is usually the medicine that we need. And so I just started leaning super deep into my Ayurvedic rituals. And these are things that like after doing season after seasonal like cleanse, these are what I've learned. So it's, you know, prioritizing sleep, waking up, putting lemon, you know, drinking lemon water first thing in the morning, finding some mindful moments throughout the day, moving my body, simplifying, totally simplifying what I'm eating and eating the foods that I know are like really supportive for me. Um, and just starting like some different like natural detox, um, like things. And so for me and like, and also like leaning on my herbal allies, plants that I know have like supported me throughout so much. And, within like four days, I was just like, I'm a totally different person right now. And so that's what my day to day looks like when I feel off track, or if I'm going through my day, and I'm just like, I know that my stress management is off, like, I'm spiking right now. Like this is like, I could sometimes feel I feel like cortisol in my body just pulsing. (laughs) I'm like, Oh, my God, I'm not handling this well. And I know that Ayurveda offers everything where it's like, Oh, nudge get here get back on track and i just lean into like the super simple um practices i just described um and that's that's really how i use ayurveda daily and then as i'm like composing my meals and thinking about what i'm eating all that plays into it where even like last night i was like oh like i don't feel like cooking and i'm like no but this is what my body needs like i need to be nourished and so i know that i trust my own hands in the kitchen and so this is you know it doesn't really take longer to cook for yourself when you think about all and you can stuff. really feel it sometimes when you're cooking and you're like, you grab a spice and like, yeah, I don't know, for some reason, not today, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I do that sometimes yeah. too. And then sometimes I'm like, I'll just create something out of nothing because I was like, I don't know why. It, I just felt like putting these three ingredients together and it tasted amazing when I would have never thought yeah, it's, to mix those three things. It's all about <laughs> following that intuition. Yeah. And I think as you kind of or open up that awareness for like how you feel after you eat you really are like oh like maybe it's the cumin or maybe it's the coriander these fresh herbs um starts to really like it all makes sense you don't really have to like have a plan or have a a diet plan written out you're just like can feel it in the kitchen i love that i made we we uh we went to utah for a company retreat and i was gonna do salmon and for some reason i did cedar planks and for some reason um i wanted to make a crust to pit on the cedar plank so that it can absorb into the into the um into the salmon and for some reason i got this thing about grabbing brazil nuts rosemary mint and turmeric and black pepper and to mix them 
and that was my my base that sounds incredible and then and then just like when we, i was cooking i was just grabbing it i was like oh my god this is like an awesome like little treat uh and then people loved it and it was just out of the blue i don't it just for well, whatever you, reason you topped it off with oranges Oh yeah, and I topped it off. <laughs> that sounds seriously <laughs> incredible. Uh, and, and then I was like, okay, well, might as well just keep doing that. It, it was mm-hmm. like four huge, like just trays. Almost. And was it all out, like in the back country? Like, yeah. Oh, I love cooking outside. There's- well, he cooked indoor, but the thing was the doors were open. Yeah. So like you had the mountain oh, right there. Well, yeah. It was also a pretty badass. It was a house like, kitchen. A, yeah. <laughs> and and uh, what it was is that it it was I steamed it um the whole time uh and so it was like it steamed for like two hours uh after it soaked for like three hours and so it was a five-hour process but it was it's like that beautiful like process and people just loved it and i was just like this is, it, it didn't even feel like work it was just like you know i need to feed people they're hungry this just feels right uh and then that's what happened so we had a party that, that turned night. out to be like 14 i mean it was a straight up party it was like a straight up party it was a dinner party that turned into a straight up party which we kind of knew how that happens and uh he had them all laid out and then but there was other stuff with it and it was interesting because when the people came in you know we're like have whatever you want like we kind of we actually actually had a bunch of people for dinner to sit down but it was cool because the appreciation of a, of a communal gathering yeah uh is it, interesting because i imagine that like i was reading about this the other day when you bring people together for food, uh, it's one way to bring energy together in an enclosed setting, all right? Another thing, which is still time and true, uh, is uh, bringing people in for a circle. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, it, it just does something, and I think it's really more like it just sinks everyone. Oh, yeah. Right? Like, on yeah. the same level for just mm-hmm. a second. So, if you get to sit down at a meal together at the same table, no one's higher than the other person, right? So, I imagine it's like, all right, we're all in to appreciate, not necessarily this meal, because it's... Baldo's food is incredible. I mean, I'm, everyone was there to appreciate yeah. his meal. <laughs> yeah, everyone is this, but everyone would, goes and appreciates your food too, right? Like, I mean, that's the other thing. You wouldn't get by with, with a food trailer if you wouldn't have good food yeah. to begin with, right? So, But there's love and appreciation goes into it. So there's a craft. Yeah. Okay, that little quite visualization that you saw right there is a craft. And so when you give this to someone, it's more of like a – it's almost it's almost like you're giving them health. You're giving them a blessing. Oh, absolutely. I mean, right? that was really the inspiration for me opening the food truck, which, you know, I had gone through a shift, you know, I had like a 10 year career in media and I was like so burned out, found food as medicine to be like the thing that lights me up and was like, I want to nourish the people. I want to nourish my community. And that was really what it it started as, you know, and it was like, if I'm only, if, if that's what my role is, like I'm stoked on that and i think that's why people like you know really just kept coming back it was like literally me just sitting in a trailer like okay how do you feel today how do you want to feel what can i do you know like the same thing you asked me with your with the iv like how do you want to feel like when people would come and be like what should i eat what's good i'm like no 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 what do you need right yeah, now? Yeah. And so like that was like the first, you know, few years of me just sitting yeah. in the trailer, like trying to just nourish the people. And talk talk about that real quick. So all right, for did we did we mention this before? I don't know if we did on the recording or not. No, yeah, it's because we were talking beforehand. Okay. So, so, just, so yeah. for people <laughs> listening, uh Rachel had a food trailer and I say that in past tense because it was a She just sold it. She just sold it to embark on her next path. <laughs> mm-hmm. But she had a food trailer for how long? Uh, like four and a half years. Four and a half years in Austin, Texas, which is food capital of the nation right now, I guess. And trailers as on top of that. So you were in East Austin. You were in the thick of it, right? Yeah. For four and a half years. 
Talk about the very beginning, though, like when you first were opened, like when you was just you in the trailer and you yeah. were just opening. Oh, my gosh. It's... It, I'm coming up on like it was five years of summer and so just like when Austin's like starting to get hot it like yeah. reminds me of the feeling like I had never even experienced an Austin summer yeah. when I um, started sitting inside of a food truck oh, during it lucky. I was like oh god yeah. <laughs> like, I had no you idea you just feel the, you, the moistness just happening right now yeah. like, I lost just, 10 pounds yeah I was just like, sweating <laughs> yeah yeah um, you know, when I moved to Austin, um, you know, really my goal with that was like, okay, I'm I'm moving to Austin to like live the life that I have been thinking about for so long, like as an entrepreneur, as someone who prioritizes my own health. Um, and, you know, so I, you know, started looking around, I, there was like really not that many plant-based, like healthy options. Like there was no ATX Food Co. There was no prep to your door. Like the staples that we have in our community today, like just didn't exist. Mm-hmm. You go somewhere that they're like, we're paleo. Like, no, we're not going to serve anything plant-based, you know? And it was like, you know, so that's really where I started. I was like, there's a need. I need something to eat. I want to make food for like for my work. Um, And so I kind of just dove in. And, you know, what it was like at the beginning was really figuring it out. Like the, the, you know, going from really like a home chef and someone who was just using food as medicine for myself in my kitchen to, you know, full blown like food service, like also opening up an Ayurvedic food truck, which I'm pretty sure it's the only one that's ever existed <laughs> in like the taco, you know, and barbecue capital, yeah, yeah. you know, people would always come by and they're like, do you have tacos? And I'm like, no. Do you have tacos? Do you have tacos? <laughs> Finally, I was like, actually, I do. And I made my own spin on like raw pecan tacos with a jicama tortilla. Oh, I remember and, those. Yeah. And, you know, it was, it was really because, you know, there was a certain expectation about like, what is a food truck? You sell tacos. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, you know, early on, like, I think I just <laughs> had so much excitement for like being able to tell people about this way of eating that it was really like the platform. And it was it was always more than a food truck. Curcuma, you know, what like. It started, you know, as a vision for like bringing Ayurvedic lifestyle and food into the community. And the food truck, I I chose it as the easiest, most simple way to get into it, um, which I don't think I would recommend food trucks as the easy path to anyone, (laughs) knowing what I know now. But um, for me, it was, you know, it was it was something that I was um, capable of that I really had to push all of my edges like. It was, yeah, it was, it was a lot of sacrifices, like personally to make it happen. But then, you know, all of the people that I know, I wouldn't know you guys if it weren't for the food truck, all of my friends, all of the um, people who have impacted my life the most in Austin, like pretty much started out as customers. Like people come up and they're like, this is, who is this woman behind this, Mm -hmm. behind this concept? Did you feel that you were doing a, a, in a sense, like some teaching of, of uh, Ayurvedic through your cooking? Always. And I was super surprised, like, of how much how hungry people were for this information um and you know i would just sit at the window and they're like okay why is there spirulina in the matcha okay what is this for and like what does this do um and in some of the things like i was using different herbs and something like uh you know like mct oil and i like had to figure out like what's the spiel how do i explain who this is good for why this is good um so in so many ways like the food truck was you know 
a culinary concept, but then it turned into like me diving deep into the education. And so I started offering workshops and doing the, hosting these seasonal cleanses Mm -hmm. because my customers just kept asking for more information. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because there's, there's this progress of like, uh, whenever you're learning something, like the best way to know that you've learned something is to teach it. Mm -hmm. Right. I always like to take that a step further further is like the best way to know after teaching is to make a business out of it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Right. Because it's like, might as well because because people are going to continue to want to do this and then you have to systemize it once you have a system then you can monetize the system that's that's not yeah difficult but it's it's so much it's so much fun because i remember going to the truck and and i I think the i went like three or four times but actually i ate there quite a bit because people would bring me food from it but i went there only like two or three times um but i always heard uh either either you or someone else explaining things to to customers which is i was like that's cool and that's a lot of fun well i actually you were kind of known for your drink right the golden milk the golden milk so tell us about the golden milk so the golden milk is inspired by like a ayurvedic tradition so when people are like oh it's so trendy i'm like it's been trending for five thousand years so (laughs) like this you know my my intention with uh bringing it was to make it delicious and make it accessible and easy so that you want to drink it every day. Like I served up Austin's first golden milk, like no one else had it on the menu. And now, you know, it's a lot of places. And um, one of the pivots that I did in my business actually was pretty early on. People started asking like, oh, I saw this on Goop or Pinterest and I tried it at home and it did not taste good. Like, (laughs) can I just buy like a gallon of yours? And so I just started selling my blend of spices in a mason jar, which then turned into having you know some local cafes being like hey can we get some of that and then it was the farmer's market and so as I closed the food truck I've kind of flipped back into that model of like hey everyone's gonna have a golden milk on their menu like the way that they do have a chai so I really focus now on getting like to have like I source the best quality turmeric heirloom variety high curcumin content and getting it into the cafes because if not people would be using like sugary you know really non-potent turmeric and so um it's really cool to be able to see people like who maybe don't even know about ayurveda being able to drink this and they're like wait where did this come from and start asking those questions because that's really what the experience was for me i was living in a co-op in oakland and my friend was like here drink this and i drank it and i was like this is like a hug and a mug like (laughs) i could feel my whole body just being like Oh, I feel like nourished, (laughs) you know, and even like I had golden milk last night. Like it's really been on my protocol of just like, how do I get back on track? And so for me, I'm like, if you add coffee to it, cool. Like as long as you're drinking it and adding in turmeric, drink it by itself, drink it at home, drink it while you're like taking your call at a cafe. Like I'm like super into it. And so, um, yeah, but to explain what it actually is, which I haven't done yet, it is a mix of, um, I use heirloom turmeric um, and then Ayurvedic spices. So cinnamon, ginger, cardamom, of course, black pepper. And my formulation has MCT oil powder in it. So as you know, turmeric needs both black pepper and a fat. And I found that the MCT oil powder not only serves that purpose, but also um, consistency wise makes it like a lovely sipping experience yeah plus mct is trending (laughs) 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 hey that helps (laughs) i i remember we were at a party uh was a couple years ago it was a christmas party yeah and i think he showed up later and it was all our friends like we are it was a bunch of plant-based like friends and all that stuff so it was a bunch of healthy people but it was all their spouses 
So you never like that, you know, so it was a traditional like Christmas party, you know, a bunch of alcohol and all that stuff. But I wasn't drinking, I drink, you know, and so then like all of a sudden, like Rachel comes in and I remember you had like your bottle, like it was like a, a glass flask or something of it, like already made. And that's what you brought to the Christmas party. And it was like, look, Rachel, I was, I was like, hell yeah. So like, boom, it was like, everyone had it like within like 20 minutes, like everyone had it in their cups. It was so amazing. And so many people were excited about it. Yeah. And the thing is, is that you have this excitement because it tastes good. All right. And I thought about this yesterday. I said it to someone. Uh, someone just like, you know, like it's incredible to see like everything that goes on in this community and how, you know, like people are just thriving with certain businesses and everything. I was like, well, you lead with good intention, right? You, the real truth is you just make people feel better. And I think that's what you've done with, you know, your mission so far is that you just wanted to help people feel better because yeah. you figured out how to feel better. And you're like, well, I don't think anyone is going to tell anyone to do this because, uh, I mean, no one's talking about golden milk here in Austin in 2004. Yeah. Like I, I grew up here. So to me, even the hippies weren't talking about golden milk. Well, I knew turmeric, yeah, but I knew that it was like, it stains your hands, right? Like <laughs> yeah. you put, I put like in curry. My, yeah, yeah, curry. I'm like, that's it. But if you go over there, like oh, it's all turmeric, ginger, curry. Mm -hmm. And you think like you look at their health issues and they're not the same as ours because they're putting something different into their body. Yeah. So then if you think about this, I've, I've been studying like, I've been studying my, my, my ethical, my ethnic background. And, uh, I mean, look at my descendants and where I'm coming from and, and the Mexican American term and the Tejano terms, and all that, there's a term called culandero, mm -hmm. right? And it's cool because I consider myself kind of like that, right? It's just a, it's kind of like a healer, but it's weird because I don't really consider that like the correct term. All you're doing is giving the body what it's kind of depleted. Mm -hmm. And you're basically saying here, you do what you need with it. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's what you said before. You're like, well, what does your body need? Yep. All right. So that's why I asked. I said, well, I'm going to ask, like, what do you need? You know what you need. Mm -hmm. All right. The thing is, most people don't. And that's what you found out. Yeah. Right. And that's what Ayurveda offers. Like, every single person is like, it, it doesn't offer you like a meal plan, it offers you a system of figuring out what your body needs, how to recognize when it's out of balance, and how to come back into it. And that really all that is, is like, how do you feel good? How do you chase your bliss? How do you show up fully for mm -hmm. your life? Because you just can't do that. If anyone's ever had illness or injury, yeah. like nothing else matters. And maybe that's the big lesson of 2020. Literally nothing else matters if you don't feel good and you're not healthy and safe. And so for me, Ayurveda is like all of that rolled into one. And it is, um, it is, it's one of those things where once I learned it, I realized that it, it's a responsibility that comes with it. And I can always see that in, mm -hmm. in you. It's like when you kind of cross over this certain point, you it, it's like the medicine t tells you it's time to share it. It's time to facilitate it. It's time to share what you have. Mm -hmm. There's this book that had like totally changed my life. It's called Braiding Sweetgrass. It's an indigenous woman who's also a botanist and she really just explores plant relationship, plant allyship, which means the world to me. And one of the things she talks about is living in reciprocity. And this is the relationship that we have with nature. And, you know, really nature um, takes care of us, you know, through our oxygen, through our food, through all of these things. And whether we mean to or not, we are all in a relationship mm -hmm. with that. Mm -hmm. And the only thing that we can offer as like, an exchange is gratitude. And that's that's what living in reciprocity is. Mm -hmm. And I express my gratitude by saying to other people, here's what I found. Here's what may work for you. 
here's how I did it. And, you know, that, that's really all I can offer is like living my life and sharing my story and sharing my practices and just lighting the door. And it's up to people to walk through. It'd be incredible if that was the new Hippocratic Oath. Yeah. Right. Because that would just change your whole approach yeah. because you're not the healer. Yeah. That's it. So right? I started uh, reading this book this morning, um, Psychoenergetic Science. Is that yeah. by the same guy? The, um, the book you gave me? No, no, this is a different one. So, um, <laughs> and so this is about the the study of uh, of uh, um, you know emotions, right? Like, and how they affect uh, the physical world. And so, there's, we all know like the energy and can transfer into mass, right? And so, and so then this book is all about the fact that um, that even thoughts and emotions are energy. So, therefore, thoughts, emotions, intentions can be energy therefore they can be created into the physical world so it's like yeah. manifestation science right and uh, like uh so it's really neat because it was talking about appreciation right and they were talking and they were researching um uh, cortisol levels stress levels and at the moment that uh, and, and they were doing brain waves they were doing hrv uh they were doing um like the like your hair standing up or not kind of deal and I can't think of, there was one more thing that they were studying. And at the moment that someone in, with an intention went into appreciation of a thing or a person or whatever, like ev all the markers just dropped into complete parasympathetic. Like it was just like, it was almost impossible to be in appreciation and be stressed out. Yeah, absolutely. Like hmm. That is the thing. I mean, gratitude changes yeah. everything. Um, and also, I just love how much science backs up all of the indigenous wisdom. Like, <laughs> even as you're talking about the curanderos. Curandero, like, yeah. like, I recently um, did Olympia's ceremony. And I... Like, there's so much science that can back up the things that are being practiced, yeah. except for the egg thing. I don't know the science behind that. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> like, oh. the rest of it, the energetic, the blocking, the, you know, and, and it's like, you, you put yourself in this state, you know, the gratitude, and it's like a trance-like state when you really, really surrender into it. And then it's like, science will be like, oh, yeah, when we study that, like, that's actually what's happening. It's not just... It's not just people making it up. Indigenous it people's it is, And it's all these other people back in there. Like, yeah, of course, that's we've known this all Yeah, along. that's why we do what we do. <laughs> well, you know, it's incredible about exorcism in the Catholicism world, right? Like, that's a thing. Like, I mean, that's not ever – no one's ever disputed that. Like, oh, yeah, priests do that. Like, we know it's just that's the real bad people, like, that have all this. And I'm like, so what are they getting rid of? Like, they're literally throwing water on a person and yelling at them with a couple of sticks, Right. And then all of a sudden they're supposed to feel better off of that. And we just accept it, that that's like one option. Otherwise it's electroshock therapy. <laughs> like, I mean, that's, it's incredible because like where you come to now, you look at even like the ayahuasca journeys that people go and do. If you go look at the peyote uh, journeys that I was just studying recently, uh, the, what they did with like the, like the culanderos and all that stuff is that they took it as well or they didn't give them to the point where they had visions. Like in the peyote world, the shamans down there, like the Gulandero said, you shouldn't have uh, this trip because you want to see visions. That's not what this is about. Yeah. It's, I mean, so like most people, it's, it's just a lube to get into the idea of appreciation mm -hmm. and gratitude for just being present. Yeah. Just being in tune with your body, the appreciation of what it's like to eat a food and it feels like, oh, that hurt my stomach. And there's like two or three people I've talked to this week that didn't realize that when they ate, like meat 
they had indigestion and trouble digesting it, right? But I was like, yeah, it's like your liver. Your liver can't break it down. Like, And sure enough, gallbladder issues. And I'm like, well, so you need to clean that out. She told me one of her doctors scared her to death about her liver cleanse. Said, if you do a liver cleanse, you're going to die. Straight up told her that. And I can't believe, and this was in the past 10 years at least this happened. The ignorance. It's insane. Is And I th- imagine, and here what I would, I would call out those doctors too, because I'll tell you this right now. Are they, are they appreciative? Appreciative of, of the patients that they come in and, and see and, and have a chance to make better. How many physicians in the past 30, 40 years in this country got diabetes better and heart disease better and stopped Alzheimer's from the curing? Did they come in and sit down and say, take turmeric with black pepper because this would be the best thing you could do for your liver today? Will you just sprinkle some on your eggs for crying out loud? <laughs> no, they don't do that. It's it's so it's so saddening to me to see the the way the medical field just completely ignores food as like the the best medicine that you have because it's the one that you take the most that you will always take the most and even like I went through a stage early on with my in my food truck days where like I like legit thought I had rheumatoid arthritis like I was having all sorts of autoimmune related kind of like inflammation and I was like it was a really dark time for me I was like I can't believe I take care of myself and this is what I'm going through and I went to the doctor was getting all the panels and I'm like well what can I do like how can I change what I eat what am I doing and you know she was just like yeah we don't we don't advise on that like I can give you basically steroids I can give you medicines I can do all the stuff I'm like but we don't know what's wrong so why would I take antibiotics and this has happened to me before why would I take antibiotics if we don't know what's wrong yeah and you know, then I went and did my own. I didn't have any sort of autoimmune stuff. Like I was experiencing like heavy inflammation and it was showing up in my joints and it was partially from, um, just working way too hard physically. I was like, yeah, it's, it's very strenuous activities being in a food truck. And then, you know, I had let my diet slip, you know, even though I'm like eating healthy, I wasn't doing the rest of the stuff. I wasn't in mindfulness and gratitude. I wasn't, um, making sure I was moving my body. I wasn't drinking enough water. And these are things that are like, again back to ayurveda it's just like it's a holistic medicine system and it's one that was used for thousands of years um before colonization shut it down um and yeah and doctors you just you don't ever like you don't go to a doctor and they're like how much water are you drinking like what are you eating when that has like that's that is like most of the reasons why we have like such physical ailments, you know, and like the reason we go to a doctor, it's usually linked to like what we're doing day after day. Right. And I also agree that it's a system behind it that is designed to not really inform the public about things like turmeric. Mm-hmm. Because if you look at like public educational systems, turmeric is not being offered in the cafeterias for our nation's youth. Yeah. Like it's not because my kids public education and none of those prepackaged meals that they dispersed in the past year for free lunches had turmeric as an ingredient other than maybe it was for flavoring. Mac and cheese Maybe for mac color. and cheese for the covering. <laughs> right? Yeah, I was just saying that. They didn't put black, no, black pepper. pepper exactly. like, <laughs> I know what I'm saying. I swear. So it's, it's incredible. I, I look at it and I say, this was here before you were here. And recently I've been, since I've been going back in my heritage, I appreciate the land so much more. Mm. And, you know, it's interesting. I've always said whatever we've ever needed is always 
here on this earth, and it has been. It's up to us to appreciate its value and just let it be, right, for others later. And it's incredible if you go to Central and South America, there's mushrooms and plants and fruits that stuff you've never seen before. The jicama tortillas that you offered, it's gut food. Mm-hmm. And imagine if like you had that option for just any taco trailer across the country, how much healthier people would be because now you're not offering them a processed corn or flour and you're not increasing diabetes and blood sugar and heart disease and Alzheimer's. And if the doctor came in and just said, hey, guess what? You're a diabetic today in their white coat saying this. I want you to start doing turmeric with black pepper. And you ever heard this thing called jicama? <laughs> you know, <laughs> That's how they jicama? say it. Yeah, you got to go get it. They have it at the H-E-B. Yeah. And ask for some help. They'll put, they find it for you. And then you just make your tacos with that from yeah. now on with your eggs. And you put your- That's what prescription it. should be. It should be like, eat more of this. But yeah, I love what you're saying about the, um, that the land has everything that we need. Um, Ayurveda was kind of another step, the, the step beyond Ayurveda for me, or the next step in my journey was really digging into Western herbalism. So I did a 200 hour program um, at a school here in Austin. Is that the one y'all did together? Or is that was the same No, one? it was the same school. Um, we yeah. did um, kitchen witchery together. Yes. <laughs> That's how we met. I was trying to remember. That is how we met. That's we met, true. That's... We met making like tinctures and teas together. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Okay. That's yeah. Right. That's amazing. <laughs> It's yeah. fitting. Yeah. <laughs> we met in a kitchen witchery class. Yeah. So, yeah. That that led me to the and That's how I program. became a sorcerer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, same. Um and so I did this year-long program and you know, the thing that I learned the most is like that the plants all around us are here to support us, you know? And when I now walk down the green belt and recognize these plants, yeah. I'm like, I'm like, Hey friend. And you know, the, and this is, you know, what I talk a lot about is like plant allyship and like finding the plants that are like really your plants to support you. And yeah. for me, like one of those is like the mimosa tree. If you've seen them around Austin it's in our backyard with the pink puffs, yes. oh, they're so all over they, the ground. They, they, don't, they don't have alcohol guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not, not the, yeah, not the, not the, <laughs> not the <laughs> mimosa guys. <laughs> that's funny yeah yeah they're all over the ground yeah. right now because you can just you can just tell there's people who are like what there's mimosa trees <laughs> <laughs> but for me like <laughs> i can just grow my own mimosas like that's awesome yeah, yeah. um albizia julebrissen <laughs> is the scientific name yeah, that you'd of course, appreciate. Yeah. Of course. um that was my probably like my strongest ally of 2020 was the mimosa tree um it's very good for like grief support not in the way of like some plants will you know help you feel better or, like cacao you feel bliss but mimosa helps you take the grief that you're experiencing it and like process it through and acknowledge it that's so badass okay so get this so in our backyard um there's a there's a mimosa tree that we, we moved in it was there and um, it was so weak uh, that it was about to fall on our neighbor's yard. So we cut it down. The guy was going to remove it and like even the, the stump. And uh, he said, well, if you're going to keep – we told no, we want to keep the stump. We'll use it for something. And he said, well, if you want to kill it, anything, and make sure that nothing grows out of the stump, like I can throw a bunch of Roundup on there. And then like nothing will grow. And I was like, no, that's not going to happen. So – we leave the stump there. Mimosa tree comes back out of the stump, and it is bigger than before. It's incredible. It's over this little corner 
section of the backyard and I've grown a bunch of gardens and I've made that like my Zen place. So I have a water fountain there and I have a Buddha statue. And then I have all these plants in my gardens, a compost pile, like I like in the distance and then all these just like wind chimes. And I just sit out there and it's, it's the most peaceful thing you could imagine. It's like going into the forest and like mints all behind me and, and there's bee balm. And it's incredible is because there's hibiscus right down next to it as well. And so I'm waiting for, like, it's about to bloom. Yeah. And so I'm ready to take the leaves, and then I'm going to take the mint, and then I'm going to make a tea out of it. And on the other side is echinacea. And the echinacea is about, I've never gotten this, but the flower is about to bloom. And then I'm going to take the petals. And so when you talk about walking through the, you know, Town Lake or, you know, Greenbelt, I look at this. So in uh, ethnobotanicals, I think is the correct term, I probably mispronounced it, this is what they teach. They say, uh, if you have a deficiency... You give the body what it needs, and the plant is used for every single piece of it. Mm-hmm. It's for medicinal purpose. You can use at least for a tea. Mm-hmm. Like if you took the petals, it does something else. The stem does something else. And the roots can do something for a certain extent, right? Yeah. But uh, I thought it was fascinating because from that, you can do extraction. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're on to next. Yeah. And we learned that you can do extraction with the curling iron. Yeah. Not a curling iron. Hair, blow, hair dryer. Hmm. I thought it was like squeeze it out. Well, you put it in the paper. It was the partition paper, right? Yeah. And then you just dry it, air dry it. Interesting. And then I haven't heard of that, that technique, but <laughs> I do, you know, I think using the whole plant is like, it's so powerful. There's yeah. this, um, it actually roots all the way back to like alchemy. It's called spagyrics is this method. So basically like you take the plants, you press, or so, uh, <clears throat> Do the tincture, so in alcohol, and then when you have the pressed material, you then burn it, and then you take the ashes and you put it back into the tincture. So you're getting the full plant material, you're getting the alcohol extraction, and it is like very potent medicine. Um, but the other thing I want to say is that the the I love you describing your backyard because I truly believe that the plants that like surround us and come are the ones that like are our allies, and I so see you as a medicine man in this community. <laughs> And those plants that are there for you are there to support you so that you can offer your medicine. And especially that the mimosa tree came back. I have a very special relationship with that tree. And like in traditional Chinese medicine, it's called like the tree of collective happiness. (laughs) It really is there for Uh, us. And the way that those leaves just like mm -hmm. blow in the wind, Mm -hmm. you can see how gentle, like the gentle medicine. Mm -hmm. And it's like that feeling of when you just kind of start to cry and Mm -hmm. it like feels like that good release. Like that's the mimosa tree. It's condensation. It always has condensation. I cannot, it's incredible how it came back after all these years where you're just like, I look at it because we have two stories. And so it's like beyond the house now. Like it's beyond the top of the house. And so when we go out there, there's a, like I have a, I have a aquaponic tank in the backyard too now. So you can hear that running. And then I also have the water fountain and it's this perfect one I've been looking for for a while and the wind chime. And I put a bug house right there too. I'm going to try to attract as much uh, like caterpillars and butterflies and beetles and like all that as possible out there because I want, like, I want, I want to grow a forest in my backyard. Like, because what I also thought about was this, and it's incredible you say that. I know the storm had a lot to do, and I know we've had a lot of rain. However, I said there has to be something to the effect of me coming out here and just meditating, playing guitar, because I talk to the plants. I always talk to them when I water them. 
and just giving good energy because they give me good energy that it has to make it grow more. Mm -hmm. Like, is it greener? Is it growing thicker? Like, I'm telling you that echinacea the first year, it didn't grow past two inches off the ground. Now it's like three feet tall. And, and the hibiscus and the, like, I have vines all over and ivy, like all my backyard that's growing, like on the fences and stuff. And I'm like, that was never there before. So the more appreciation I put in the backyard over this past year, I've yeah. spent, like, think about it, 2020, I spent in my backyard. Yeah. That's exactly what happened. And all I had was my backyard and my plants. And, like, so when I walk around, I have apps now that I go and I look <laughs> like, what is this? And I'm like, wow, it can be used for this. And you just look at the, the background of it. And I'm like, it's all medicine. Yeah. it Like, there's so much medicine. And I love that you said that because, I mean, I think that the lesson there is the plants – are there for us like every single plant that is in your backyard whether you planted it or not is there for you and the mimosa tree came back for you yeah. and offering you the medicine in to go into the world and like what a beautiful thing because this is how the plants speak through us like i have other plant allies that i almost mentioned juniper instead but i said mimosa and it just so happened that that's the link that you have and that's how the plants show up for us and that's what i'm like always just so impressed with like i i you know obviously i use turmeric a lot and i use other supplements and adaptogens but the biggest lesson i've learned is that i don't need to go to you know a, a product from across the world or an herb from across the world when there's so much medicine in my backyard like like yeah. Yes, I incorporate that, but I think that's kind of been my focus is like, how can I like have a relationship with this land and these plants and use my hands to make my medicine? Yep. And it's, I mean, it's the same thing I do in the kitchen, you know, using farmer's market food that farmers grow and it was in the dirt three days ago yep. and now I cook it. Now it's like learning to ethically wild craft or garden. It's like, it's next level. Yard to table. Yeah, yard to table. I love that. That's what it is. So the other day, get this, uh, we have access to the best food in the world. I'm, I'm just going to be honest. We do. If you're not making it, you're not getting it from around town, you're not, someone's not, you know, what you just have it. So there was a day that I used uh, meat from a, a local rancher. Uh, it was a regenerative agriculture you know, like philosophy as far as the land. The eggs were never refrigerated, so they came from a farm. Same approach. You know, they care about what the chickens are eating. I took the spinach from my garden in the back, you know, and then the turmeric and the black pepper, and I put uh, sauerkraut on the top. I didn't have the jicama tortillas, otherwise I would have, but I just basically put all that in a bowl with avocado, all right? To me, it was more than a meal. It was nourishment. It was uh, sustainability. It was uh, nutrients. And community. And it was community because I I posted about it. Like, you know, I'm not one of those people that post food, but when you think about it, when someone posts your food, they're not just posting a picture of normal food. They're not just saying, hey, here's a taco. Here's a here's a smoothie. Here's a, here's a drink. Here's a coffee. It's like, this is not just a drink. This is... This is health. Everyone in the country should know about this. This is why I'm sharing this message with you. And this ripple effect happens because when I post about it, it gets people thinking. It says, why did he go out of his way to post and label all the places? So I said, know the source of your food. Mm -hmm. That's the message. What you are doing is you're saying, hey, understand not just the source, but understand what it's doing to your body. Mm -hmm. That's an even bigger task. Most people don't understand that organic food is really 
what it's doing to their body, right? Because yeah. they think about this. You can be plant-based and be unhealthy. Totally. And it's so disheartening to see that for me. You I know. know. It misses the boat. It's the whole point of it, right? Because you know what? This I, had, I love Austin because there's old hippies, right? And they said back in the day, this one hippie goes, you know, uh, you know, I was gluten-free for like my whole life. And I was like, for real? She's like, yeah, I just didn't eat bread. <laughs> I was like, what a concept. But you said, she's like, yeah. But she goes, I did use coconut and, and almond flour. I knew how to mask that up. She goes, I buy in bulk because I would buy it like Wheatsville. So mm-hmm. I'd buy in bulk and I'd mash it up. She goes, yeah, I can make my own nut butter and like whatever you want. She's like, you don't ever have to. And I was like, I get that concept. So like when you would go true vegan, that was interesting. But what I've learned is this. And when we've learned in, in the labs is the nourishment you get from animal byproducts. There's nourishment in that. And if you want to be purest of it, I like the people who only eat eggs, which is really interesting, right? Uh, fish after seeing Seaspiracy, I'm just like blown away. I'm like, I, I can't do it anymore, you know? But if you believe in that everything's given to you for a reason, mm-hmm. eggs are the best fertilizer, chicken, uh, chicken byproducts are the best fertilizer for the ground. And my wife will not let me have a, a chicken in my backyard and he had a coop for me and everything remember in his backyard i don't know if you were there a big old coop we're just sitting there and i had a spot for everything she's like no i was like it would do wonders it would eat all the bugs yeah like it would fertilize the grass and it's all topsoil anyway but it's just like you know okay time will come because when i get the farm the whole reason i would just want land is just to grow food i mean i'm with you right that's like that's the dream right there but i can see you going across the country throwing little seeds on the side of the road (laughs) okay so i actually have this plan so i'm about to move into a van and have this plan of doing some like kind of gorilla like planting some food forest because i would like to be like a bit seasonal so you know there's like here's some dumb dumb drive drive by uh, yeah just make sure i got like all my herbs exactly okay okay here's here's some turmeric bitch (laughs) so uh there's a guy named Bomb Berger or something or Berger or something. I mispronounced the last name. Please forgive me. He's uh, has some land in Johnson City, 5,500 acres. I'll send you the link. Regrew the entire barren hill country spot he got f- and turned into a, like a forest. Yeah. With natural grass seedings, did it by himself and a few friends, and it took him years, but yeah. he did it. I mean, it's absolutely possible. The la- like the only thing standing in like the way of the land, like like being like a forest and having so much food for everyone who's there is like just humans and civilization like tilling tilling yeah it's (laughs) tilling it's crazy and you know i'm a big fan of permaculture but permaculture is also rooted in like indigenous wisdom and you know when you know they started you know colonizing and discovered the new world and they're like oh it's untouched like it's all just here waiting for us i'm like no it wasn't untouched there was generations of people who were caretaking this land in a way that like was in harmony and reciprocity that um that now we're trying to get back to that we're like how can human hands support the like nature's growth and it's just so beautiful well i also think too that if you look at the ancient history of uh with the civilization of, of humans, I think uh, Justin and I was talking about the other day. He's like, I think they found some people 14,000 at least years ago uh, in the west coast of Argentina. I guess maybe no, it wasn't. It was, it was like somewhere in South America. I think it was, just, yeah, Chile. Chile. Or, yeah, it was, it was somewhere. And like we used to think that uh, Clovis, New Mexico, there was like tw- uh, twelve to 15,000. But this is, outdates that. So you imagine this. What they're basically saying is migration wasn't just coming from the east. There was people coming from the West. 
And those people were here way before the East came in because, I mean, I think there's people before, way before Columbus. I mean, oh, yeah. you talk about this. I was reading this too, going back to like the indigenous, that in Central America, diabetes was there. Diabetes was not a thing until the sixth century when Spanish colonization started coming over. And then all of a sudden you started having introduction of things like smallpox. Mm-hmm. And that's what started changing everything. And so diabetes and heart disease and all that was there. But guess what they were treating it with? All the stuff they found in the Amazon and stuff in the forest and indigenous culinderos and culinderos were like, oh, we got you. We, yeah, because that's the role of the shaman. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the, that's the, the shaman. role of the shaman. They're like, you match the people with the plants. And the only way that you can do that is to be deep in your practice. And that's really where I see myself and my future, which is like, I commune with the plants and I connect with the people. And, you know, it just so happens, you know, someone's bringing up something and I'm like, oh, I, it's almost like you're introducing to a friend, you know, you're like, I know who you should meet. You, you got to meet, you know, my friend Milky Oats over here, <laughs> like, you know, like, and, and that's. I'll tell yeah. you this right now. I, we have some friends that are in Mexico right now, and they're deep in the whole – they're deep into it right now. And it's funny because I had some friends that were going down there that kind of got brought up. And he's like, well, I want to meet him. I'm like, I don't know, man. This is sacred talk we're talking about. <laughs> like, this is really to the truth because yeah. here's the deal. Down at one point when we were going to go to, I think, was it uh, Peru? Peru? Yeah. The guy who was going to lead the excavation was like saying he was like, there's 200 million mushrooms <laughs> – Different species, species of mushrooms, mushrooms that, that you don't even know about down here. They've never seen the light of day. And I'll take you to the, the original shaman doctors out here and you can learn everything. And I was like, wow, I'm so blessed. And so when we got back from this last trip in Colorado, we were reading How to Change Your Brain by Michael Pollan. Actually, we were listening to it. And he was talking about Paul Stamets. And he tells you where to find like the ultimate mushroom. And for my people with mushrooms, the fascination is a thing called mycology. Mm-hmm. And mycology is a true science. Like every, oh, yeah. every university has a division of mycology. Uh, and, it's, and it's not the magic mushrooms you're thinking about. I mean, we're talking. They're all magic. They're all magic, right? It's, it's the, not the psychoactive component you're thinking of. Although that has its benefits too, which totally. we're about to find out about in the next But they're decade. the communication pathways between other plants too, right? But here's, the, here's the thing. They are exactly that because they have the components of growing your communicational system known as your microbiome. Mm-hmm. They are the Earth's communicational microbiome gut. They're essentially all those little neurons in the gut, which is the soil of the Earth. And then we communicate with the Earth by essentially either breathing out and breathing in. And then we take in all the nutrients that you get out of the soil. Think about like all the way to the core. The core is iron, right? We're bl- our blood is made of iron, right? And then there's manganese, there's magnesium, there's cobalt, there's zinc, there's selenium. All those things are needed in our body in order to make hormones and serotonin and antioxidants. And the only way we can absorb them is the same communicational pattern that we have, which is known as our digestive tract. This is the concept that I love is the doctrine of signatures. Are you familiar with that? Uh -uh. So it's what we talk about in herbalism a lot, which is nature shows us examples of like how to use it. You know, the the way that our microbiome works is not that dissimilar of the way of the like mycology networks, Mm -hmm. you know, and the way that that information is transferred. And, you know, it's things like, you know, walnuts are shaped like brains. They're good for 
you know, cognitive support, mm. you, things like that. And so it's this like constant communication where nature is like, let me teach you something. And that is really how the shamans came to hold such a wisdom. Like they sat with the plants, they observed, uh. they listened, and then they translated it into, because, you know, I think we've just gotten so far from not only our food sources, but our medicine sources that people just don't have the skills to like yeah. observe and understand because really it is, it is intuitive. And you know, you're talking about like the selenium and the, you know, and Brazil nuts, like you were talking about. I yeah. mean, like if you look at what's in the core, like what do we need at our core? You know, it's like yeah. these lessons are there. And yeah, the doctrine of signatures is just all about um, understanding the plants, like full spectrum of um, qualities. And then like, that's, that's what that plant offers. Yeah. You know? well, there's that whole science of like muscle testing, right? And so that's, a, I mean, you mm -hmm. in the chiropractor world is very common. Um, it's it, it very much just intuition, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's what it is. And sometimes we're just innate can yeah. listen to it. And Well, there's a thing called innate intelligence, right? Which is a, a beautiful, beautiful thing. That is your intuition. That is your communicational pattern of you. I mean, it's your mind. Like think about it. There's your brain and there's your mind. Right, so your innate intelligence it regulates your mind, right? Which is a totally different, separate operating system in your body. If you haven't figured that out by now, right? And the way that you gain energy and you communicate in that realm, you can achieve it. You can actually unlock it. You can tap into it. The problem is not everyone can, uh, and 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 for some people, the path to get into that is kind of a, a treacherous one. But think about the well, idea. It's more like it's not that they can. It's more like they don't. Stop to pay attention. Well, right? here's the problem. There's two factors that, and that's what I was getting at, is that they, they they don't stop to pay attention, but the other thing is look at what's running through their bodies. Yep. Okay, like think about medication, and I'm going to pick on that again. Medication is full of synthetic preservatives that are known carcinogenics. Every medication that most people take, which how many people in this country are taking medications, prescription drugs is what I'm referring to. And they block signals. They block signals. They cause nutritional deficiencies, and they have carcinogenic preservatives in them. So they're GMO medications, which means they're naturally going to cause cancer. They know this. They pulled medicine off the shelf last year, do the whole fiasco because this was about to come out. That's bad for business if that comes out. So they're poisoning them. Plus, the sugar's poisoning them. The oil's yep. poisoning. Like they're killing you. They're literally stuffing them. And what happens is for vibration and frequency, vibration and frequency in a healthy person has a higher frequency than that of a person with medication flowing through their bloodstream, yeah. with processed oils and sugars flowing through their bloodstream, watching television going through their mind, watching the news, watching Twitter, watching a social feed that doesn't serve them. All those things are killing them. Yeah, They're dumbing down their frequency and it's causing their cells to not thrive. And when you have that capability to put someone in that position, that person might not realize that they are in that state, which is unfortunate because if that's the case, you have someone, they won't know any better. So then what happens is this. The doctors effed up. They screwed up. They, they could have had their chance for nutrition. The people have nutrition and will always have nutrition because people are the 99%. You embarked on a crusade because you realize that you are a vessel for a message and you realize that message has to be given out in the best way possible so you open up a food trailer as your medical clinic and said i am going to heal as many people as i can educate as many people as i can and if i can make a living off of it that's even a bigger bonus 
but I feel like I got to do this. Mm -hmm. So you did it. All right. What's incredible about it is you open more people to more things and change more lives than you probably could ever imagine. And you quickly realize that there's only one of you and you can't duplicate yourself. And we talked about this before. I've tried, but didn't work. tried. <laughs> so then you said the smart thing is everyone can drink golden milk, which is a beautiful, smart way to look at it. However, if you think about it, if you were to throw seeds on the ground throughout the course of the country trip that you're about to embark on, how many more lives would you affect that way? Think, yeah, I'm hoping to find out. <laughs> so I think that what you're looking at is when you're going on your next path, the plants are probably what you're going to study and follow more than anything else. And I'm sure that yeah. that's where it's going to take you. So, yeah. Did you say you were also doing a course of some sort while you're going? Oh, no, you're writing your book. Um, both. both, <laughs> both. I, have, I have some things going on. Um, so I have turned the seasonal kitchery cleanse into, it used to be like following the same pattern you're talking about. Like I would make like, insane amounts of kitchery people would come pick it up and i would lead them through the cleanse and then now i'm offering it so people can make it at home and i'm holding space for um, a summer cleanse but after that it'll be self-guided online and really what it is is um like a uh ayurvedic lifestyle reset so explaining all of the like lifestyle things i was talking about like what to put in your body mindful moments um sleep water you know hydration all the things um so that'll be something that'll be going on that people can evergreen they can drop in they can order kitchen packets that are each easy to make um at home um and so i'm super excited to like keep that going and then i'm kind of stepping away from the day-to-day business stuff so that i can really like you said commune with the plants and drop in and kind of listen because I i feel like i'm at this point in which i I know that a book is is coming through and I'm looking for direction and I think that there's a message in between nature that needs to be be translated and so I'm kind of going out to find it. Yeah, a cookbook? It'll be part cookbook and um, probably it's integration. It's going to be all these plants, but like, can like, you write about me on the first chapter? Exactly. I'm like, okay, you guys. But like, it'll be like some of the kitchen witchery stuff of like how to a put- tra- A cookbook for the traveler. Yeah. Um, yeah. Based on like van life stuff, I'm already like, <laughs> like how to like live super simple. Like if I can do organic bulk staples, whatever's local at the farmer's market, wildcrafted herbs, like that's- that's all medicine. And then when you're on camping out there and you're like, all right, you're running low, this is what you can pull from your <laughs> national forest. Yeah. yeah. I mean, honestly, there's it's incredible because if you think about it, self-sustainability, nature already has it down. Oh, yeah. You think about it, just look at the cactus. It's full of water, mm-hmm. right? In a desert where there's no water. It knows how to live. It knows yeah. how to survive. There's plenty of animals in the desert, right? Plenty of animals out in the desert. Tons of them. Tons of them. Just we're not us. <laughs> but that is... I'm so happy to hear about this. Yeah. When, are you, when are you taking this trip again, you said? Um, I leave at the end of June. So, so pretty, pretty soon. A couple weeks. Yeah. You're ready to go. Weeks. Um, I still have quite a bit on the van build to finish up and some things to finish up with a business and getting it on cruise control. But I mean, come hell or high water, I'm out. And, but you're building this, like mm-hmm. personally, like you're, you're building stuff. I saw pictures of it, right? Yeah. Yeah. But. Me and my partner. Um, we, yeah, it bought a, cargo van like a 2020 sprinter so it was just fully empty and so we've got solar panels we've got i'm I'm like building out a sick kitchen oh that's Um, so awesome and i'm like i don't need a closet i need a pantry you know so it's oh my gosh oh my gosh okay so uh can you install a dehydrator that's so funny 
Yes, that's part of the trend. <laughs> <as well. laughs> well, so, so I'm actually looking at, I have one, but um, I'm getting a different, the Excalibur to be a little bit more space efficient, but I have to figure out um, if it, like what kind of power it draws. So we sure. might have to get like extra solar panels. Oh, no, no, yeah, you so just, can, no, there's ones that you can just do outside that are solar. Oh, really? Yeah, 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 yeah. You don't have to use electricity for all that stuff. Yeah, there's some stuff that you can just... Actually, there's some, well, there's some old school ones that you just use the natural sun to do it. Yeah. And it's just like basically an oven that is just set up. You just would probably have to like find a way to make it yourself or yeah. find an old school one that you can modify. Yeah, because what I'm trying to do is... So I'm doing this 200 mile trek the john muir trail and so i'll be doing a lot of backpacking and as you know like what's out there in backpacking meals is like all the processed stuff that we just don't eat i don't eat in my day-to-day -day life and so now i'm like trying to figure out okay what am i gonna eat when i'm like in the backcountry for three days and so dehydrating food and yep. like all this stuff so i'm like really excited to yeah, kind of <laughs> well that's, that's <laughs> i know that doesn't work for me that, that doesn't like, work i'll just do a kitchery cleanse and just yeah. eat this for five days no that doesn't work that you need you need sustenance yeah right, how long is, is the john muir tales going to take you, you um it, i mean it, we could do it in three weeks but i think we'll do closer to four it's both of our like yeah we'll take be, your time yeah i mean once you're out there it's like only so many people get to see that view from those mountains like there's no rush like i'm yeah. not trying to get miles like i want to like really drop in yeah yeah so i'm i'm like very excited to be out there with uh with kind of no one else that's cool yeah. out yeah. there yeah, when we were out there in Big Ben, it was deafening how quiet it was. And the the moon was so bright that you could see the whole mountain ridges for like miles. And it, you realize you're like there's no one out here. It was awesome. It 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 does a whole system reset. It's like closing the like tabs on your <laughs> on your browser and turning off your computer. That's like how it feels in my body where I'm like I can actually think like there's nothing else. It's just this. And the wild thing is, is that like whether or not we're observing it, nature is doing that every yeah. moment of every day. Those like <laughs> four seasons you experienced in that one day, like that is always happening. <laughs> yeah. And that is just, I'm just so excited just to, be to be out there. there. Yeah. Yeah. I just I, happen to experience it. I like have like a mental, like, uh, like rating system where I, cause I'm Ayurveda is also about the elements like earth, wind, uh, uh, fire water and so I like I always give my nature experiences like almost like emojis you know ranking of four <laughs> so when it's like super hot it's like four you know four fires or like if it's raining or icy water and yep. stuff and so I've just I just love seeing like how um nature just shows like goes through the, its own seasons and yeah. it's like now I'm gonna show you some earth now I'm gonna show you some fire and you're just like I'm just so honored to be a witness to this right, sacred yeah. space. Oh I mean, it's God. really, it's church, you know? It's, it is. Yeah. It is. We, well, whenever we're like lost and it's in the middle of the night and you can just see the stars, like for me, I'm just like, how do you get up there? Like, I just want to get up there somehow. <laughs> we, uh, <laughs> like, well, I just remember going back to campsite, you know, coming back down from the mountain when we were there. That 14, that one right there, like I said, when we finally got back, we, we started the fire. And there was something great about just sitting there that's the best part, campsite. Just staring <laughs> at a fire, appreciating the power that you're – you could – you literally – that heat is so much energy and so much intimidation that's coming from that fire because that thing can kill you. That thing is like – it's almost like you're trying to harness and capture this energy that's so powerful and just get some of it 
to warm you up and 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 kind of recharge your batteries again. Oh yeah. And, and then, then it, when you And then it like, rains. <laughs> <laughs> but like when you blend in like the nourishment over the fire, like I led a women's camping retreat the other day and we cooked on fire and I like used the cast iron to make this chickpea flour pizza crust and like cooking corn on like on a fire that we built like there is nothing more prime like I love cooking primal. on fire. It's like, like straight on fire. It's I, I like when people haven't experienced it. I'm like, mm, there's like words, and then there's like experiencing it. Like I, can't, I have a hard time, and that's I think that's kind of what I'm hoping to express with this like next project. And I think Kurkuma will probably follow suit into leading more into this like outdoor connection. Um, but is letting people know that like all of that, all of the plants, the elements are like waiting for you. Like everybody has access. Like wellness does not need to be expensive or in a bottle. It is It's meant to be shared. Yeah. And it's and it's waiting for you for each each person. Like you're born with that. And we're born into this like like relationship with nature and it's you know, you all you have to do is like pick up the phone. It's it's like your mom just waiting. When we were to that 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 company retreat, Allison was so excited about pine needles. Oh yeah, oh yeah. She, she would just she was guys. You understand? I'm gonna make a tea with all this. And oh yeah, was, yeah. And then and then she was telling all the benefits of that, and you already know this too. But then she was. Uh, I was reading that uh, when you burn. Uh, like dead pine needles or whatever that's a way to bless the room and kind of actually set a new type of energy mm -hmm. as well like and so like you learn about the burning qualities and the aroma of, of burning plants like sage and, and all juniper that. is my absolute favorite because yeah. it grows here and i did we did that in the olympia's um, yeah. ceremony we use them to break up the energy and then afterwards we burned them on yeah. the fire and like literally that those that ancestral support pulled our dark energy and we watched it burn and it was released and transmuted yeah. into something else. Yeah. Well, if you ever had a, like a, like a, you know, whatever, a pine tree that's like a dried up, like fallen off, kind of just dried up yeah. and you turn that thing on fire, it's so much fun. Like it's a yeah. lot. It's just, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's so quick and it's like this show. Well, when we were at the, that camping site, the one we were telling you about, if you look at all the trees, they're those like Dr. Seuss, like really skinny ones. The Aspen? Yeah, Aspen ones that you can basically just use for firewood. It's like perfect. So it's like they're there for firewood for when you're there camping. Like it's almost like nature knows. And your, your idea is just to take care of that place because mm -hmm. once you go to that place, you got to take care of it, right? Right. And that's, that's the again, entering into this reciprocity that it is not there for us to consume. It's yeah. there for us to caretake. Yeah. And we, I love it because when we go there, we're very careful, you know, leave no trace, right? And especially with, like, there was even the Big Ben trip. I didn't even take a rock because I didn't want to jinx it because, you know, Kyle was like, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't take a rock. I took a rock and I had like a, had something happen. I'm like, oh, I don't want that kind of energy. Like nothing at all. That's so funny. I, so I, you call it superstition. <laughs> I'm still superstitious to this day. I played baseball. I mean, baseball was very superstitious. You had players there all the time. So I didn't want to give me yeah. any kind of energy. So, but I do though. I collect rocks. So the other aspect of it <laughs> is... That's the hard thing about living in a van. I'm like, what am I going to do with all my rocks? I know what I'm saying. So like I'm taking it and I have it in the backyard. And guess where I put it? Under the mimosa tree. Mm. Over there, right by all the plants. And then right by like the Buddha and the water fountain. That's beautiful. It's like you are... You know, the tree of collective happiness, you're taking all of these like good memories, these good mm -hmm. vibes, these energetics. Mm -hmm. Like that's why I always do when I'm on a hike, I'll like pick something up and carry it with me. And I'm like infusing that experience and then you're setting it there. Yep. And literally all these these rocks that I've collected, I'm like, just pick it up and I can I drop right back into it. And that's again, that is the medicine of nature. Like that parasympathetic reset, that 
just deep connection and dropping in. I'll, I'll tell you this story. So for I never take vacations. Right? And, I, and for people who are listening and watching, Baldo convinced me that vacations are therapeutic. Absolutely. And so Good job. Uh, October last year, I, it took heaven and earth to get me to go basically go for about a week to Colorado. I found this glacier. It's called St. Mary's Glacier. And the St. Mary's Glacier uh, essentially had this quartz all labeled through, like layered through the side. I climbed up the mountain, found a huge one that was like this big, wound up picking it up with my left hand. All right. And like I said, I already had a few in my backpack. I was coming down, right? I slipped. The rock was intended for merit because, like I said, it's a huge quartz. And I was, I'm taking this home. This is badass. I slipped and I fell. And I dislocated my finger. You can see it. It's right there. This went like, so I guess it went like this way. Yeah. Okay. I like, pop up and I saw it happen. I was like, oh my God, for, you know, I'm looking, I'm like, all right. So I go up, I look at it. I'm like, uh, it looks okay. Put it back. Okay. The I was like, all right, well, it seems okay. Closer to the way down, I'm think I'll make it. So I held on to I held on to the the courts. I went all the way down. People that were there were watching, like watching me. I kept my hand elevated because I didn't want like blood to pool. So everyone yeah. thought I was waving at them when I was coming down the mountain with my you know my courts and everything. So <laughs> I'm like, oh, how are you doing? So I finally get there. I look at the bottom. I'm like, God bless, dude. Like I almost lost my finger. Like that's incredible. And I kept this courts thing. And I was like, why? Why was I drawn to like go and grab all this for whatever reason? Well, it's St. Mary's Glacier, okay? St. Mary's is a school and I, I went to in undergrads where Baldo and I met. Our supervising physician, she went to St. Mary's unbeknownst to us, St. Mary's Glacier. I don't know for whatever reason. Come to find out, my grandfather was baptized at St. Mary's Church in <laughs> Lockhart, Texas. I was just like, what? why? Like, what is it there, you know? So that energy and the spiritual, the superstitious, call it what you want, I'm listening. Yeah. You know, and so I came back with it and everyone's looking at me like, what the hell? Tell me this. And I literally, like, I was like, I don't know, for some reason, there's something special about it, you know? And so eventually I'll do something with it, but it's sitting there and it's just, it like, you can feel it. Like you grab it, like crystals and all those things as woo-woo as it sounds. You just go against the tree and just go up to the tree and just like put your hand on mm -hmm. it. If you don't believe me, look at when a tree's cut and see how many layers and rings around it and how old that tree is. It was way before you were. Treaty Oak, Santa uh, Anna. Mm -hmm. Treaty Oak. Well, how I mean, how long ago? Was it 1836? 1836, yeah. So right? It might have been 1835 before. Yeah. Um, so let's wrap it up now. <laughs> <laughs> I just love to. I could talk about plants all day For long. For sure. All day long. Oh, we should we should definitely do a course on plants. Where when uh when are you gonna be in Colorado? I'll be there for most of July. Most of July. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, and then I'll probably swing back through. Well, if we ever head up Northwest America <laughs> and we're out that way, we'll definitely meet up. But I'd love to see what you have in your journal when you come back. Oh yeah. my gosh, I'm right. so excited. That's really the priority. Is like I'm gonna be writing and documenting i don't know how, like i'll be sharing you know on you know kind of like the the good views <laughs> sure. and some you know so the van build and things like that but um i think it's i'm just really going into this as kind of like a research 
like R&D and just like listen to the plants because I really have, I, I think, I was on the road for a month last summer. The plants just started calling to me and a piece of me just never came back from the road. And so I think that those plants are ready for me to go sit and they have something to say. So I'm excited uh, to completely. come back. I feel like the book's going to be like a, like a subtitle, like a story written by plants or something. <laughs> yeah. Get, yeah. <laughs> get outside, get on the road or something, yeah. right? Yeah. I love it. Well, thank you for coming well, in. Yeah, where can they find you? Uh, give us the socials and all the stuff. Yeah. So uh, my business, Curcuma Kitchen, is at Curcuma Kitchen um, on Instagram. And it's a website as well. And so there you can find seasonal kitchen cleanses that you can do self-guided, a line of Ayurvedic-inspired products, and um, some recipes on the website and Instagram as well. And if you want to follow my personal adventures, it's at Rachel drinks gold because I do. Nice. <laughs> uh, so I'll be sharing lots of um, stories from the plants and from the road. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much. Thank you.